1: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
2: Well, met, fellow adventurers. So in the previous two episodes, I got a great, big, enormous box full of very nice things. And here was a very, very large theoretical box. So it took about two hours to just get all the stuff out. A lot of the stuff has already been described. It was stat boosts and equipment. But more of the stuff. Well, There's a list of 19 things here. With which I can do even more stuff. And so... That's what I'm going to do. The first thing on the list. Is the wing. Of fellowship. So I'll go have a look at that. It's in my big. I have a lot of wings. Because well. I was just given a lot of wings. And you pick them up as you go along. Yep. Yeah. So I'm looking for the Wing of Fellowship. Alright. Wing, wing. Oh, there it is! It's got got a bit of stats, but not important. This ice-coated wing, imbued with powerful magic, that will allow its bearer to summon a companion spirit you while exploring the icy womb of Arkendor. The wing not be use, need not be equipped to make use of its special power, but you must be in a safe location, and I am, time to contact a companion spirit. The instant your thoughts focus on the wing of Fellowship. Fellowship. A series of muddied whispers surges through your mind and time itself seems to momentarily slow to, slow to a crawl. Select a companion spirit to aid you during combat in Arkendor, from those listed below. Select Gozeth the unshrinking, born in a camp on the edge of the Grimtech Wastes, and having lived his entire life in Arkendor, this fearless warrior will make an excellent companion as you explore the icy realm. Select uh, L'Icra of Seer, dead for more than a thousand years, having perished while single-handedly holding back an entire legion of undead. Oh, so we'll be able to have... We'll have something in common then. This... Uh, the, the fighting of the legion of the undead, not dying to them, I haven't done that yet, but it'll probably happen eventually, considering how many undead I fight, I mean, you're going to get old eventually, although I do know shadow magic, and apparently that greatly extends your life, which would be nice, this intrepid swordsman and master of the frozen wilds will gladly accompany you. Select Erwin Vaughan the Shadow. This master and spellcaster once led a trio of expeditions in search of Mordragon, the lost kingdom believed to exist somewhere beneath Arkandor's frozen surface. Select Groomwist of Blackdorm. The ever jovial and impossibly strong Gilmwist, Those adventures took him far and wide across the fabled north. Wheels an axe with a fury and skill that few could ever hope to match. Select Virania the Stalwart. Silent, brooding and deadly. This diminutive adventurer wields a flaming blade and possesses minor healing magic. Ooh. Convenient. Select all Uluwath the Bold. This battle hardened warrior, who once once guided supply caravans making their way north from Wyhaft, is both a fearsome combatant and a compassionate soul. Hmm. Well, I'll select Vleulia the Stalwart because of the minor healing magic. An unearthly chill passes through you, the ghost of Lerlalia appears before, suddenly appears, the diminutive adventurer guards you with an icy stare before slowly nodding, go back. The ghostly image of your current companion's spirit, Valerial the Starward, hover, hovers before you, her steely expression filling you with confidence. Valenio is ready to aid you in combat in Arkendar. or i could I could change my companion at any time but I'm not gonna be doing that until I can get into Arkendar and actually see the see them see them in action okay next up is Port Halleck. To visit Gilgorat Emporium. Port Halleck is in Northern Telsa. City of Port Halleck, there it is. Alright, visit the harbour. Gilgarat Emporium. Gilgrat Emporium is a small, cluttered shop owned and operated by by Grugart Grindelock. Sea Captain of Great renown, now retired from a life spent on the waves. Captain Gilderlock spent the latter half of his legendary career making the perilous voyages voyage to and from Arkendar, overseeing a fleet of three ships that served the transport needs of the ever-growing Durkwin oil trade. There doesn't seem to be anyone here at the moment... A small bell rests on the table, in the centre of the untidy space. Well, guess I'll ring the bell. You ring the bell and wait, but no one appears. After lingering for several minutes, you turn and step back out of the shop. Suddenly, a stocky, coarse-looking man, the unkempt shock of white hair crowning his head, almost a mirror image of his tangled beard, hobbles out of the back of the shop and regards you with a curt nod. He introduces himself as Captain Grindelock and seems eminently pleased when you return the formality. Wind blow folk in strange directions, he says, breaking into a sly grin. I'm afraid this place is something of a mess, as you can plainly see. Still, something strikes your fancy, let, let me know, and I'll see you're told a fair price for it. When well, you present to him the triangular copper token, the venerable salt's eyes widen, and he cautiously accepts the coin sized piece bearing Hollandir's mark. Haven't seen one of these for quite some time, says the captain, repeatedly turning the token over in his thick fingers. Actually, I haven't thought about old Hullendore for just about as long. What the how that old scrapper's getting on. Captain Grindelock fixes you with a shrewd gaze as he pockets the token. So, Harkindar bound are you? Well, it's a good thing you came to see me, a token of yours, now mine. Just what you want you'll need if you hope to last more than a day or two in that frosty spot. The captain excuses himself and disappears into a back room. Returning moments later, bearing a sizeable leather pack, which reveals is stuffed with all manner of survival gear. "Hurlingdeer's finest," he says, handing you the pack. "I think one might need if a foolhardy enough to, to try and brave the ice of Arkandor." I now have Arkandor survival gear. Let's have a look at it view. It's got an encumbrance of seven and it boosts survival in in Arkanda by six all manner of survival gear. Fit is crammed into this leather pack. The pieces that make up this invaluable collection are those tools and supplies deemed essential by adventurers Who have braved the deadly cold of the fabled north. In a place like Icandor, possession of this sort of gear could easily prove to be the difference between survival and agonising death. And that's the platinum rank. Presumably higher ranks give more survival, lower ranks give less. Some of the equipment in your bag seems to be of mundane variety, while other pieces are entirely unfamiliar to you. When you inquire further about the gear, the captain smiles. You didn't worry about all that, he says. Deer knows how to outfit someone to survive in the cold. I'll keep that pack with you at every step, if your destination is indeed candor. You spend the next small while conversing with Captain Grindelock about Arkanda, and are impressed by his detailed knowledge of the frozen realm, particularly with regard to the port city of Wymehaft, and the dangerous voyage across the sundred sea required to reach it. There's treasure and glory amidst all that ice, he says. Through such prizes for those who've seen fewer winters than I have, If you do end up there, you mark my words and mind yourself at every turn. It's a bad spot for anyone who stumbles about aimlessly. And trust no one, at least not straight off. Where there's stinking oil to be had, there's gold to be made. I don't think I have to say much more about that. Suddenly, the door creaks open. And a bald man clad in red and grey finery steps into the shop. The captain regards him with a nod and tells you there's a pressing matter to which he must attend. Take care of yourself, lad, he says, as he slaps you on the shoulder. With that he leads the new arrival into the back room and closes the door. As you may wake your out of the shop, hear what sounds like a muffled argument and work from the back room the voice is quickly lower and you pay the incident no further mind no further heed okay that's that now let's look at the tokens of trickery Uh, I'll just use Control f tokens of trickery this large black pouch contains three distinctively shaped flat J tokens, each bearing engraved T's on both sides. And, yep. Alright, let's... Well, let's get to a safe place first, then use them. Okay. Uh, maybe it's... Wait, I think it might be my residence that I go to to use them. Uh, I'm going to go to my residence. I don't know where I don't know where there is for this character. Okay, fortunately, there's a quick link for that. Residence, Larkstone House. Special actions. Uh, Orb of Inspiration, Deck of Ore, Mirror of Frozen Fate, Cuffers Wheel of Nefarious Fortune. Lots and lots of stuff here. Yeah, no, 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 not here. Uh, Coachman. Hawklaw Maybe it's the Blue Door. Okay, I know there's something I can do with that. All uh, right. There's a list, Deck of War, Frozen Fate, Heroes Pass, that, uh, lots of stuff. Okay, patron reward. Yeah, packages to be claimed. Yep, There's the Titans of Telsa package, that's uh, another big one, might do that later, probably will. Alright, it's proving ground series two. Okay, let's let's look at these tokens of trickery again. Ah, oh, here we are. A link to a link at the top that I missed. Open the pouch. The three geometric grey tokens in this pouch: hen, hen, hendecagon, dodecagon, Tridecadon. Each bestow a small enchantment provides subtle behind the scenes help for a variety of situations all right let me just check what a hendecagon is all right 11 sided okay that makes sense so 11 12 and 13 sides each bestow a small enchantment provides a subtle behind the scenes help variety of situations you can shake the pouch at any time to change the bonuses beware these are tokens of trickery some benefits may not be entirely beneficial and my bonuses are insufficiently friendly fortitude vastly insignificant swiftness An abundantly significant metal. Let's shake the pouch again. Click, clack, wattle, clank, clack. Now, unfortunately, I don't have a bag full of coins to make the sound effect. (laughs) Unfortunately, in more ways than one, the jay totens clatter about inside as you shake the pouch. Open the pouch. Now we've got Slightly Unfavourable Swiftness, Insufficiently Injurious Charisma, and Least Dispassionate Metal. Shake it again! Okay, Insufficiently Unfavourable Strength, Considerably Desirable Charisma, Abundantly Injurious Metal. Shake the pouch again! Utterly impressive fortis- fortitude, abundantly injurious fortune, considerably impactful swiftness. I'll take that. Let's close the ca- pouch. That's enough. That's enough messing about with that. Next on to the ever full tankard, which I could end up spending a lot of time messing with. You know, if it actually could get me drunk, but fortunately, it can't. Or unfortunately, depending on how much you like being drunk. Everfull tankard. Yes, this iron-banded wooden tankard, said to be infused with the dueling magic of a master mage and a goblin high shaman, is always brimming with sweet, thick savoury ale. No ale ever spin, spills from the vessel. And no matter how much of the brew is consumed, the tankard remains full. or quaff from the tankard. Fortifies and expires, but never abbreviates. That's either a very good or a very bad thing. Because, I mean, some people like being abbreviated. Some people don't. Takes all sorts. Anyway... Let's take a drink. Cheers! Clutching the iron-banded wooden tankard's carved handle, you watch as the thick dark ale laps at the vessel's brim without a single drop ever spilling. Yes. Sipping the tankard's strange brew provides you with inspiration. In the form of a number between ten and twenty... That may aid you in combat. During combat, if a successful attack. Attack roll matches the number you have revealed by your most recent sip. There's a chance you'll receive a bit of help. You may sip from the brew as often as you like. After all, it is ever full. Sip from the tankard. You carefully take a small sip. The tankard's strange, flavorful brew continue. Almost immediately upon swallowing the ale, your mind becomes a jump full of vivid images, strange, profoundly inspiring visions. Slowly taking form out of the re- very weaving fabric of these images, a shimmering silver ten appears at the fore of your thoughts. In combat, whenever you score a successful attack with a roll of ten, you might recall to your benefit. The inspiration you obtain from the tankard's curious brew. Now, actually, 10 is probably, might well be the best number to take to have from this because you're actually more likely to roll a 10 than any other number because occasionally your ones and your twos are swapped out for tens. Yeah. Oh, hmm, let's just, okay, I'm just gonna go to, uh, no, let, let's see the, the, the wounds of Yartuin. I mean, we, we've gone there before, so you, you, you want to read what's actually happening, you just scroll down to the episode about that, so fighting tutors all uh, 15, your impetuous arrow launches and stuns your foe with an energy pulse for two rounds. Alright, that's the arrow hoping out. Alright, let's see. Yep, the shimmering silver longsword has helped to lower the difficulty of this enemy. I guess that's another thing I've got. All right, there's an XP. All right, here's three all Just trying to see what happens when I roll a 10. Oh, that's a 20. That's no good. The Wage Stone Snarls. All right, there's a code. Don't care about that. Here's a Tazal again. A 3, a 4, a 17, a 3, a 1. An 8, there's a 20, don't want that, I want a 10. Where are my 10s? A 5, a 3, a 20, and another switch, another 20? Okay, let's keep going, 10. All right, well, hmm. maybe it did something. I rolled a 10, it carried on as normal. Alright, maybe it might actually be shown on screen what happens. Alright, there's an 18. No, nope. a couple of 18s. Oh, Mayhem! Okay, plus 2 damage. There's a pulling the lever. Alright, Moonarch. There's a 20, an 18, a 17, an 18. Mayhem doing plus two damage a few times. Uh, Where are your tens? It's almost as if the game knows I want tens, so it's giving me all the other numbers. Uh, Except it doesn't, of course. It just just happens. Dazzle. Your quickstone flares. And dazzles your foe, meaning it's unable to attack. But no luck for that, because it's now dead All right, turn the stone dial. Right, the star arch. Right, let's get a ten. Hit the flash, disabled it for a bit. Right, got some loot. Stone dial. Right, south arch. Keep going. 11, 12, 17, 5, 7. Is a 10. Another 10. And nothing seems. Nothing extra seems to have happened. Uh, who knows? Maybe. Maybe it's behind the scenes. A 12. Fallow Echo Echo. Attack repleted. Bewilder. Your Quickstone emits, minutes an energy pulse that confuses your foe. Okay, pulling a lever. Right, south arch. Right, Son arch. It's Fortizol. Do do do. Nope. Alright. Keep going through the to Our Guardian. Oh, that was a 10, but I didn't check if anything actually happened. Oh, I got just got myself an icon. Maybe I'll identify that later. Oh, right, there's another ten. Okay. If it does happen, it seems to be pretty rare. Okay. Alright, that's enough of that. I'm just going to finish this off and pause it while I do. Oh, and I just accidentally saved. Oh, well. All right, next thing to look at is the thought jelly, which is behind the windowless building with a blue door. So, interact with your thought jelly. The weaving blob of transcendent... Lucent purple jelly given to you by Talies can by the power of your concentrated thought. It transformed into one of three different <coughs> objects, excuse me, a wing, an amulet, or a pendant. The forming the form thought j is currently just a weaving gelatinous bo- blob. Uh, make it a pendant. The blob gently undulates wildly. So it rapidly reshapes itself into a pendant Current stats, 6-6 six, six. This weaving pendant from translucent purple jelly Is is a, defi- is a defi- definite complement to your attire Its strange movement and poetic gurgling noise Is a bit distracting, but it's certainly a unique piece Alright, so level 1 you can spend general experience to increase the level of the jelly windowless building of your your residence. Okay. Okay, let's spend experience to level it up one thousand twenty-four to level two. Makes it seven seven. Alright, level three. Eight eight. Level 4, 9, nine. Level 5, 2,560 experience. It's level 5, and now it's 10-10. Level up some more, 3,072. That's 11-11. More levels up. Level 7, and now it's 12-12. Level 8 for 4,096 general. That's 13,13. To level 9. 4,608. That's 14,14. And that's as high as it can go. Alright. That's the jelly. I could transform it into the other things, but that's enough of that. All right. All right. Seek out... the blood-stained block. Okay. Is that at my residence? All right. Yep. Okay. Or was it... Oh. done it. Or oh, forgot a uh, forgotten cave, is that it? You're standing before the narrow black bracken shrouded mouth of a deep cave, deep in the forest north and east of Trithic. A flat rock to the left of the cave breaks a crude engraving of a skull his skull. Despite the crude nature of the engraved image, you find yourself ill at ease while examining the carved skull. After several unsettling moments, you step back from the stone and avert your eyes into the cave. As you begin to make your way to the cave, cave you are suddenly met by a powerful, invisible sword, force, the wing of slaying, somewhere in amongst your belongings. And yet with all those other wings and having a grand old time, amidst a steady hum, and the unseen resistance pressing against you rapidly abates. The wing falls silent as you step across the threshold. You're standing inside a small cave. Its damp, musty interior is only by the familiar glow of your light. A massive block of grey stone, inside stained with blood, stands in the centre of the chamber. This is the Bloodstone Bane block.
1: You know how to book flights and hotels.
2: upon which the wing of slaying was forged countless centuries ago, approached the blood-stained block. The top surface, the massive stone block, is covered in a thick layer of dry blood, etched in t- into the gruesome jacket, a four distinct shapes, a winged dragon, a horned demon, a skull and a closed eye. Which each radiates a faint crimson glow as you pass your hand over them, standing before your block, you overcome by the urge to place the wing of sleigh onto one of the carved images. Like what happens if I put it on the closed eye? Yes, you set the wing of sleigh onto the carved, engraved image. Of, engraved image of the su- suddenly emits a faint glow. Blackstone wing quivers for several moments, ceasing only while the glow is completely faded. You retrieve the wing from the block and notice it now feels somewhat lighter. It's now dormant. All right, let's go to the. Let's go actually wake it up. Uh, wing dragon. All right, it's now awake. And it's seeking to slay dragons. So you set the wing onto the carving. The engraved image of a winged dragon suddenly emits a fierce crimson glow. The black wing wing quivers for several moments, seeking only when the glow is completely faded. You retrieve the wing from the block, and notice it now feels somewhat heavier. The wing of slaying is now awake, and seeking to slay dragons. I just don't encounter that many dragons. Maybe there's more of them in... Arkendor. When equipped, the wing will help you score extra combat da- damage against Dragons. Yeah, just gotta find some. Cause I don't think there's there's no dragons in any of the replayables. Well there's there's Ildra. so Is she she is she, she active right now? Of course she's active. Battle rages on the store of Shitar Lake. Okay, I'm going to equip the Wing of Slaying. And just uh, blast around with that for a bit. Alright, Wing. All right, oh, control, uh, so many wings. Alright. Okay, I'm gonna pause if anything happens. I'll tell you. Oh, if it did do something, I didn't see it. Okay. Time to go to Curious Findings, which is in Trithic. Entering the city of Trithic. Exploring the city. Laid square, buildings that flank it. Curious findings. The small this small shop is extremely cluttered with all sorts of odds and ends. A white haired woman dressed in long green robes is busy awaiting several items on a shelf towards the back of the womb. Speak with the old woman. The Lord looks up at you and smiles. Beautiful day to be in Twithick, she says. I don't know what the West are waddling on about. Some stay. The city's about to crumble. But the walls that surround her are strong. She'll make it cry about fishing hooks. Fishing hooks? She says, seemingly taken him back by her inquiry. Yes, I have something you might take your fancy through, too. Did these tell you to come here? Keep inquiring. The old woman produces a small wooden box from which she removes a shimmering gold hook. This little claw is quite the prize, she says. I only just found it when I poked into a dusty box I've forgotten about. She tells you she'll sell the hook for 1,500 gold. The shimmering gold hook will provide a plus six bonus fishing with your crooked fishing pole. Alright, I'll buy it. And the money is spent. Gold for gold. Upon collecting Gold for gold. Spend gold, get gold, get gold for gold. Gold for gold dot com. Get gold for your gold. Gold We like saying gold. We're part dwarf. Gold, 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 gold. Gold, 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 gold. Gold, 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 gold. Gold 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 gold. Gold 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 gold. Gold 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 gold. Gold 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 gold. Oh I messed it up. I missed out a gold. It's between that one gold and the other gold. When collecting your gold the old woman hands over the shimmering gold hook, which you promptly and adeptly ties to the queen line. Of your crooked pole. Perhaps that will bring you some luck, she says, winking. "I always thought I had a few more of those hooks lurking about somewhere. I'll have to look for them. Thank you for your business. All right, you can speak again. Inquire about the hooks. Still looking for fishing hooks, are you? She asks. Well, since you ask, I think I have something I can show you. Inquire further. The old woman produces a small wooden box from she, which she removes a sparkling wooby hook. This hook's quite a price, she says. I only just found it when I poked into a dusty box I forgot about. She tells you she'll sell the hook for three thousand gold. The sparkling wooby hook will provide you with thirteen plus bonus. When fishing with a crooked fishing pole, purchase the sparkling wooby, hook. It's shiny, which means it's better somehow. upon, Upon collecting your gold, the old woman hands over the sparkling ruby hook, which you're promptly and adeptly tied to the thin green line of a crooked pole. Perhaps that will bring you some luck, she says, winkling. I always thought I always thought I had a few more of those hooks lurking about somewhere. I'll have to look for them. Thank you for your business. Alright, speak for them again. Cry about the hooks. Still looking, yes. Alright, now it's a sapphire hook. Six thousand gold and a twenty four bonus. I said. Purchase the dazzling sapphire hook. Upon collecting your gold, the old man hands over the old woman Woman not man, let's not check let's not assume people's genders here, especially when they just it says so white on the screen. Hands over the dazzling sapphire hook, which you promptly and adeptly tied to the thin green line of your crook pole. Do I give back the old hooks? Or do, do I keep them? I wonder. But I can't really do, it, do anything with them. But I mean, I guess if this one bends or breaks, I have, I should have spares. Or maybe I want to set up multiple fishing hooks. You know, just set them up in a row so I can just rush to the one that seems to be doing something. Quickly wheel in. I don't know if that works. I don't fish. And I definitely don't magically fish, because that's not a thing in our stupid world. Yes. Perhaps that will bring you some luck, she says, winking. I Always thought I had a few more of these her- hooks lurking about somewhere. I'll have to look for them. Thank you for your business. Well, let's speak to her again. Fishing hooks inquire further. Wavenbone bone hook. The old woman produces a small wooden box for which she produces a waven bone hook. This hook is quite the price, he says. I've only just found it when I poked into the dusky box I've forgotten about. It's going to cost more than 9000 <coughs> She tells you she'll sell the hook for 9500 gold. The waven bone hook will provide you with 37 bonus when fishing with your crooked fishing pole. Alright, purchase the Wave and Bone Cook, of course, because Wave and Bone is just such a cool name and it's better at everything, apparently. Alright, I tie it on. Hopefully, thank you for your business. Still looking for fishing hook, she asks. i like to tell you that I've more than them for you to see, but that's not the case. I'm still searching around this place just to see if there's any lurking about. Perhaps one day I'll find one. If you see Tallies, please give him my kindest regards. Alright, the fishing hook is upgraded as much as it's going to be. And honestly, I don't think it's going to get many more upgrades, because it gets much higher than this. You can't fail the fishing. That's no fun. Or more fun. All right, now to the windows building with the blue door. It's time to go fishing. Alright right, time to go fishing. With your crooked pole equipped with its waven bone hook, you set out to do some fishing, eager to see what treasures from the deep your endeavour might earn you. Go fishing. With your dependable fishing pole in hand, you soon find yourself on the shore of a wild pond in the mixed wilderness, just to the north and east of Talonis. You have seven casts left. Make them count. Make your first cast. You prepare to toss out your line for the first time, hopeful your wave and bone hook will snag something in the deep. Picking a number. Bonus of 68. 21 for woodmanship, 10 luck, and 37 from the wave and bone hook. So it's more than doubled my chance of finding something. It's a very good deal. Assuming there's anything good to find, pick now. Hundred and one success. You toss out your line and watch. As the lands with the small as it lands with a small splash before swiftly sinking beneath the whippling surface. For the next few moments you watch the wart watch on weight observing your line and the tip of your pole for the telltale signs of something having found your hook. Hooked! Your pulse quickens as your line suddenly goes taut and the tip of the pole bends gent- towards the water. You wait for an opportune moment before snapping back on your pole to set the hook. The crooked pole creaks as its tip is drawn ever even lower from the strain of the weighty node. Now securely attached to your line. Working swiftly but carefully, you draw into your line, hand over hand, hoping your twisty hook maintains its bite and whatever it is snared. Your line is still a considerable distance from shore, picking a number. Same check again. Got to get a hundred pick now. 140 success. You continue to draw in your line. Maintaining an appropriate amount of tension as you gather the thin green green string hand over hand. So far, so good. Working swiftly but carefully, you draw into your line hand over hand, hoping your trusty hook maintains its bite on whatever it has snared. You've drawn the hook about halfway in. Same check again. 85. Failure. You struggle to draw in your line. Repeated losing your grip on the slick, thick green string. Sudden loss of your catch becomes a real possibility. Okay. Alright, check again. It's nearly halfway. 138 success. Continue to draw in your line, maintaining an appropriate amount of tension as you gather the thin green string hand over hand. Subtly, you catch sight of your wave and bone hook not far from the shore and catch a first glimpse of your submerged quarry. Suddenly, with a final heave, you haul the remainder of the line, and its attached prize to the shore, and stare down in belief at a fragment of bone resting at your feet. A faint yellow glow now surrounds the fragment. As you lean down to examine and unhook the object, its glow swiftly fades. A brief but intense tingling sensation passes over your entire body as you remove your hook and cross toss the strange piece back into the water and I get 12 XP to general those are the compensation prizes really the XP lumps after carefully checking over your gear you forget to once again toss out your line Just, oh failure this time toss out your line watch as it sinks when at last your patience runs out, you horny a line, dismayed to find only a empty hook hanging at the end of it. Alright, number three. If I cook something, do the check. Success. Success. Short piece of wood. No, that's no good. Bit of XP. Failure. Cast five. Another failure not doing particularly well cast 6 104 success but can I hook it we'll see success small shard of steel another XP lump 108 yeah success on another success. Okay, that's another XP lump. Yes, there are other prizes, but I just didn't get lucky that time. You take a last look over the wide pool and find yourself struck by the reflective beauty of its dark, rippling surface. Then, with the crooked pole resting over your shoulder, you set off through the wilderness, vowing to return here at some point, if you can remember the way. Alright, that's enough with the fishing. There are there are way better prizes than those little XP lumps. But I didn't find them this time. Alright, next up is transmuting some stuff. I'm not going to transmute everything. Because that will take too long. Alright, enter the tower. She's going to act... She's gonna gonna act just like she did for the items we got for the Thanksgiving event. Look at your items. Alright. I have twenty two items to transmute. Yeah, lots and lots of items. Something called an Ipawak. Silver Braille baselet. Uh, let, but the Frost Curse items are new, I'll just go look at that, Frost Curse Greaves. The Theodja carefully examines the Frost Curse Greaves and mumbles something as she scrutinises the remarkable pieces. Believe it or not, I can conduct a transmutation on this greaves without reducing its enchantment, she says. can only do it most once though. This is a most remarkable object. In almost every way, Freda tells you that it will take her just a few moments to perform her transmutation magic on the Frost Curse Greaves, which will not reduce his enchantment and bestow upon you a permanent bonus. So, free stats 2 2. Yes, Freda tells you transmutation is permanent, it cannot be undone. You have to be certain you want to see as well. In the case of the Grease Greaves, what does it matter? You might as well go through with it. Transmute them. Okay. Yep, and then it transmutes the Same as always. They're fine. And I'm stronger. Fidia picks up and hands back to you the Frost Curse Greaves. There they are. There you are. Not much worth having been through that. And as I said at the outset, he grieves the same as they were before. Which is to say, quite remarkable. Alright, let's... Okay, the other items, the other items transmute like normal. No point, no point talking about that, you know what happens. Alright, ask the elder about transmuting your arc in a bit just do one of these Theada smiles as she looks over your Arkham bit very curious to me these pieces are she says I can transmute them in pairs if you like the transmutation won't work on a single coin and you need to know that transmuting the Arkham bit will destroy it there's no getting it back let me know if, if if that's what you want to do with them. We didn't have all day to blabber on about this. You have, I have seven of them. When transmuted and destroyed in the process, each pair of Arkham bit will provide you with the following permanent bonus, one miller one standard points. Have the transmute one pair of your Arkham bit. But that's it. I mean... Don't want to make all these nuministatists sad, now do I? Well, not more than once anyway. Theodore nods, and again, reminds you, the process of transmuting the the pair of ancient coins will destroy them. Are you quite sure? If you're not, I advise you to say as much as very instant. No, no, go ahead, go ahead with it. You've lost two arc and bit. Theodore accepts your two arc and bit, spends a few moments carefully and silently examining the ancient coins. Are you absolutely certain this is what you want to do? she asks. I jest it's too late to back out of it now. Come on. Let's get this endeavour underway. Follow along. The leads you to an adjacent room, in the centre of which stands an ornate stone pedestal. Perched atop the pedestal, oh, the young woman places her two bits of Archibit on a slab of wood lying at the foot of the pedestal. Then she asks, then she asks you step, step back, and asks you close your eyes. Don't open them until they're silent. She says. Safer for you that way and for me. Obeying the directive, you close your eyes, the odor moves up. Move, moves moves towards the pedestal. Moments later, a soft, pulsing hum fills the room, swiftly increasing in both frequency and volume. Without warning, a fierce wave of hot air washes past you. Follows almost instantly by a surge of frigid wind. The the pulsing hum reaches a near-deafening crescendo before abruptly falling silent. You can open your eyes, says Friada. It's done. How do you feel? You look no worse with the experience. It's always something I like to see. Much can't be said for these coins, though. The two Arkham bit are now gone forever. The transmutation was a success, bestowing upon you permanent bo- bonuses to your melee waiting and standard point scores. Using the toe of her boot, Afriada pushes a small pile of grey dust off the slab of, slab of wood at the foot of the pedestal. Still feeling alright, she asks, glancing sideways at you. Another little bit of history. Gone forever. Don't get me wrong, though. I'm strictly not the sentimental sort. Theodore spends the next few moments looking over the crystal spear, as slightly adjusting position in the iron stand, before leading you back out of the room. Okay, and then I... Uh, Then if I wanted to max out my stat, there's a lot more stuff I could transmute. Alright, next up is the Mirror of Frozen Fate. That's also behind the blue door. Let's gaze into the Mirror of Frozen Fate. The small rectangular mirror in your hand. It's glittering surface crafted out of enchanted ice. It's the legendary mirror of frozen fate. You, I, may gaze into the mirror eight times a day. It varies depending on your backer level. Each day to attempt to learn its secrets and earn rewards. For every ten secrets you discover, you'll earn a reward. There are sixty rewards to unlock. You haven't yet discovered any secrets, and haven't unlocked any rewards. Discover ten more secrets to unlock the next world. You may now gaze into the mirror. Gaze away! First time today, you gaze into the icy depths of the mirror of frozen fate. Picking a number. Bonus of 40. Ten for mind, aura, spirit and luck. Success got it at 65 or more. Lowered by ten. 10 ...due to the totium of iron will. Pick now. 128. Success. Well beneath the surface of the mirror's frozen surface... ...your gaze fixed on the frowning face of an elderly woman... ...whose pale blue eyes stare back at you... ...out of the frigid depths. Depths. Before you can focus too closely on the face... Starts to swiftly phase, and within seconds, no trace of it remains. Found one secret, number two. Visage. Far. Bypass that, too far below the mirror's icy surface. Your gaze fixes on the smiling visage of a middle aged man. His pale blue eyes stare back at you at the frigid depths. That fades two. Alright, there's another one. Another one. That's a failure. There's another one. Failure. Far below the mirror's glinting surface. Your gaze settles upon a formless shadow suspended in a churning void. Without warning, the shadow abruptly dissipates. Alright, number eight. And that's another success. And I found a loaded woman. Whose pale blue eyes stare back at you out of the frigid depths. You discovered one. You discovered one of the mirror secrets. Well, that brings us about halfway down the list. Wait a minute. I didn't activate the arrow, but it still fired something. Oh well, I could put. Must have done it by accident anyhow anyhow if, if we get if we go all the way down the list we're going to be well over an hour so so I'm just going just for now I'm just going to save because well I've all I've already said having got all these packages might as well just keep doing it. And and next time we'll finish going down down the list. There's quite a few things to find. We've got the imp coin. Got some travelling, we've got a shadow merchant to meet. We've got an open Zadaruk's chest, visit the chamber of Plimps. Lot quite a few things left to do. Anyway, until then, farewell fellow adventurers.
0: Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies.